0: No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie, come on, everybody boogie buffer tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie, come on, everybody boogie buffer tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie, come on, everybody boogie buffer tonight. Scope. Hello.
1: Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. As always, tonight's recommended drink is cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack, Bland brand, No Name Crackers. This is the official Wine and Crackers broadcast on a Friday night. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to tell me to SCO, then you can do so by following me on Twitter, at Bookie Bumper. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Friday night. I hope you had a lovely night, because I certainly did. And as always, as always, so much to get through in so little time. As you can tell by the title of tonight's show, obviously I'm going to be talking about international finance, the effects of the coronavirus, and the latest trade disputes between Taiwan and Beijing. It's going to be fucking amazing. It's going to be lit, lit up in here. Of course, there's also other stuff like fucking Kathy Griffin. No, I don't know. Kathy Griffin. Uh, weird, perverted Eastern Europeans. have got, got a couple of them, too. And we will revisit the carton arcs at some stage. So thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Friday night. We are back on Pure Social TV, of course, as well tonight. We got that sorted out, so that's brilliant. Uh, if you want to check that out, puresocialnetwork.com. Um... The guys are doing a good job down there. Like I said, I don't have any financial in- interest in it or whatever. The The only interest I have is that somebody is trying to start a platform and I'm like, good luck, man, because <laughs> the, the you're, in all likelihood, the, the, the chance of success in starting your own platform in anything now is next to none. So that's the least I can do is say, hey, why don't you check these guys out, see if you like it or not. They're, they're doing their best. <laughs> they're doing their best. So All righty. Like I said on Wednesday night, we've got so much to get through, ladies and gentlemen. We will be playing the Kathy Griffin interview tonight. I don't know. I don't know what she said. I haven't watched it. I'm saving it for you. I want you to be the first ones to see it. We can watch it together. (laughs) But before we get to that, ladies and gentlemen, I do have to, if I may, if, if you'll allow me. Somebody in society isn't getting enough recognition somebody in society isn't getting enough love and it's 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 a common problem for us now isn't it we're so consumed with our own daily life we're we're so consumed with you know the process of getting money and keeping a job and finding a relationship and all of these all of these problems that cloud our judgment and overwhelm us from time to time so we don't you know, often take a moment to step back and acknowledge the work of the real heroes in society, ladies and gentlemen. You know, the fearless people doing their best to protect us. So that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to give a long overdue pat on the back to somebody who's most deserving, Dr. Anthony Fauci, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Anthony Fauci deserves recognition. Quote, Dr. Fauci's gamble pays off. White knuckling his way through Trump to set him up to steer Biden. Yeah. (laughs) White knuckling. (laughs) Can you picture Dr. Anthony Fauci with like maybe a bandana, a leather jacket, one of those leather jackets with the little tassel things hanging off the arms, sitting on straddling on the back of a hog, (laughs) heading down the highway, looking for adventure. (laughs) he's white knuckling his way through the Trump presidency
0: you know what I love
1: most about Dr Anthony Fauci is not only does he love us and he protect us but he's also like a superhero he's so tough and brave he puts up with that bully so much I mean you know he really is like the best people that we have he stood up to Trump and I love him he's the best isn't he after a career of being largely unknown to the vast majority of Americans, Dr. Anthony Fauci, who has headed the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases since 1984, has become a celebrity during the pandemic. <laughs> a celebrity. Yay! <laughs> I wonder who he's dating. Can we find out? Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci, who dressed you? Well, this is a very nice Armani I have done today. Yes, I will be spending some time in my beach house in the summer. It's going to be amazing to see the grandkids again. With Donald Trump both unwilling to take a responsible leadership role and frankly incapable of it, Fauci filled in the void. (laughs) Thank you for coming.
0: Thank you for coming. See you in hell. See you in hell.
1: Despite working full days directly on the pandemic, he also did countless TV interviews. Ah, he's a fucking workhorse. And appeared at multiple congressional hearings, all to educate the public about the coronavirus and encourage steps to limit its spread. No good deed goes unpunished, and Dr Fauci has learned this lesson more than anyone. More than... He's given so much, hasn't he? (laughs) Just sacrifice. He's to give and give and give and give all from the goodness of his heart. He, he truly is an angel amongst men. For his efforts, he has spent months being terrorised by Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think that Donald is just calling him up in the middle of the night, you know, two in the morning. <laughs> Hello? <sighs> Click. <laughs> been sending pizzas and subways over to his house. It's Donald again. He won't leave me alone. Sending weird and obscure messages via the mail. Watch your back. He's been terrorising this poor guy, this hero. He's been terrorised by Trump, who is childishly jealous of the positive attention Fauci gets. (laughs) and is incapable of understanding why people might like the kindly old medical expert more than they like the raving sociopath in the Oval Office. To add an insult to injury, Fauci has also been called upon to resign his position. Not by Trump's loyal supporters, mind you, who want to believe that COVID-19 is somehow a hoax, but by people who... <laughs> the, the, the other sorry but the thing i hate most about this is when they they're obviously doing it on purpose i've, I've said this before on the show you can be out there marching on the street like
0: oh, I, I can't i can't
1: open my business this is fucking bullshit winning tv with a diamond dlive.tv slash winning tv thank you for joining us phil fauci damn donald swatted me again i mean he's just terrorizing this poor guy but you can be out on the street protesting, like they're not letting me open my business. I can't afford to send my kids to school. I'm going broke. I can't make the car payment. Blah, 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 whatever it is. <laughs> it's like, well, all of these. So you're what? You're a science denier? <laughs> oh, no, know. The, the, the virus itself doesn't have to be fake for the lockdown and the pain and misery it's causing. And, you know, my impending suicide because I'm going to go bankrupt. That. The the virus doesn't have to be real for that to be real. That's not a conspiracy. Look at all the boards on the windows. They're they're right there in front of you. You don't have to read right-wing media to see it. It's fucking everywhere. No, it's just a hoax. (laughs) Why are you believing in a hoax? You know what I love most about Dr. Fauci is he doesn't fall for these hoaxes. Like, crushing people's economic freedom is going to hurt them in some way. He doesn't believe in that kind of nonsense. But Fauci's strategy of hanging in and meeting Trump's vitriol with bland responses is strategy. He was thinking strategically about it. While it might not have been dramatically satisfying, turned out to be successful. Not only is President-elect Joe Biden planning to keep Fauci on in his current role, the incoming president is also designating the famous disease expert as his chief medical advisor. Hey! (laughs) Thank you for keeping me safe. (laughs) If you thought you saw the last of Dr. Anthony Fauci, guess again. It's going to be on at lunchtime. It's going to be on before the news. It's going to be on during the news. It's going to be on after the news. (laughs) He's going to be giving press conferences every single goddamn day.
2: (laughs) Those days are...
1: It's going to be talking about what a great job Joe Biden's doing. When I think about oh, it's going to be amazing. Just think about it. Think about the fun when we'll have. Think about the
2: things you took from me.
1: Minister of Fun, Kimmy with a diamond. You can check out the Kimmy Show. Kimmy Show every Thursday night. It's the Kimmy Show. The Kimmy Show, first a Soros fuckumentary and now this, rest in peace, truth. Come on, you sound like some kind of science denier. Can somebody please ban Kimmy from the chat? Just get rid of her. <laughs> can't have the, we can't have this kind of right-wing extremism masquerading as, you know, conversation in here. Get the fuck out. The hell do you think this is, woman?
2: <laughs>
1: Come on. We don't deny signs. This isn't just good news, the article continues. Dr Fauci, arguably, it's not even good news for him, personally. Since his life is about to get much harder, but it's good news for the nation. And I would say the world. The whole world loves Dr Anthony Fauci. Public health officials will soon face not the biggest logistical problem of their careers, but quite possibly the naughtiest, the naughtiest, like tying a knot. I don't think I've ever seen that written before. Very British. Possibly the naughtiest problem ever likely faced by the American public health infrastructure. How to distribute vaccines to nearly 330 million Americans efficiently and effectively. We're going to need Fauci for this, the author continues. He probably knows more than any single person in the country about the shape and the size and the challenges of this disease. His experience will be invaluable if there's any hope of bringing an end to the COVID-19 pandemic anytime soon. So there is hope of it coming to an end soon. That's good news, right? It's positive. I mean, there's some hope for the future, right? The future chief medical advisor to the next president. Fauci says Christmas and New Year's restrictions will be necessary due to holiday coronavirus wave. (laughs) Merry Christmas. Thank you for keeping me safe. There he is, looking good in his penguin mask. Dr Anthony Fauci, the nation's top infectious disease expert, said on Sunday that the US is heading into a difficult period of the coronavirus pandemic and said current restrictions and travel advisories are necessary for the Christmas holiday season. You know, there's going to be families getting together and you hear the music and you're all happy. And then, you know, you're going to get together and you're going to have meals together and there's going to be a reuniting of families and students are going to be coming home. And when you hear that music, I want you to think of the Grinch. Can you do that again? Yeah, yeah, Marsha. <laughs> Merry Christmas. And one more here, perhaps. Doctors say the... C- it's all good news this morning. Doctors say the CDC should warn people the side effects from the COVID-19 shots won't be a walk in the park. Mucus phlegm brain in the chat. Can you sing it again, Bui? Yeah. Public health officials and drug makers need to warn people that coronavirus vaccine shots may have some rough side effects. I mean, you can't make an omelette without breaking a few eggs, right? So they know what to expect and aren't scared away from getting the second dose. <laughs> There's two dose. We're already onto the second dose of coronavirus vaccine. This is going well. This is going swimmingly. <laughs> Merry Christmas! Dr Sandra Fryhofer of the American Medical Association said both Pfizer's and Moderna's COVID-19 vaccines require two doses at varying intervals. So you thought, baby, you know, maybe in your heart of hearts, you thought, look, like, I'll just go in there, I'll get the jab, and that will be that. That's not going to be that. That's not going to be that. Because not only is it two doses... Oh, this is actually this is actually an addition of. How about we do this one first? Pubs and venues. This is the UK. For just for a bit of context, pubs and venues may turn away people from uh, who aren't COVID vaccinated, says minister. Where have I heard that before? Where have we heard this crazy idea before? You mean I'm not going to be able to go into the restaurants and the supermarkets and public transport unless I prove that I've had the vaccine? What is this? <laughs> Oh, no. Crazy. Crazy. What a strange idea. Customers who have refused a COVID-19 vaccine could be turned away by hospitality and sports venues, the government's vaccine minister. They have a vaccine minister now. That's his only job, is just to take care of the vaccine. (laughs) He has discussed the idea of using technology to reopen the economy. How about that? Well, lucky for you, ladies and gentlemen, lucky for you, you know, most of you are in the United States. So I'm pleased to report. I've got good news for you. Lady of diamonds, Gypsy with a diamond. Vandagel steals the diamond, Gypsy, says this shit is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S, my shit. Bananas, B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Thank you for the diamond, Gypsy. But you're 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 lucky because, you know, this kind of thing is only happening in crazy. It's only happening in those crazy places like China and the United Kingdom. They ain't gonna do that shit down here. (coughs) I tell you what, (coughs) we got the Second Amendment. We got freedoms. They try that shit down here. We'll be marching on Washington. You, you stupid foreign sons of bitches gave your guns away. They ain't gonna do it to us. We got guns. Well, I'm pleased to report that it's time for everybody's new favorite game show.
0: <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> China. Come on. Come on down China! The United Kingdom! Come on down! (laughs) Come on down you
1: Britfags. And The United States of
0: America! Come on now!
1: You're the next
0: contestants on It'll Never
1: Happen Here! It's good to have it back. It's good to have it back. Vaccination cards. Pardon me, my voice is a little... Let me just take a moment here and take a little sip of Smart Juice while we're at it. That's slightly better. God, that American voice hurt me, that one. (laughs) Ambalina with the diamond. I just never get tired of this game. I know, it's one of my favourites too. Vaccination cards will be issued to everybody getting the COVID 19 vaccine, health officials say. Woo! Woo! Thank you for keeping me safe! (laughs) Oh, this looks good. You can finally be rest assured. Remember how we were all laughing at the Freedom Card last week in the UK? It'll never happen here. It'll never happen here. We got guns. The Department of Defense released the first images of a COVID-19 vaccination record card and vaccination kits on Wednesday. So this is the thing that you'll be carrying around with you. Just want to get you used to the idea so it's not a shock when, you know, people start asking to see your papers, please. Can I see your papers? Just have to get used to that. (laughs) Foggy in the chat. Oh, goody, a new black market emerges. Well, I I do like the black market, I've got to say. Vaccination cards will be used as the simplest way to keep track of COVID-19 shots, said Dr. Kelly Moore, Associate Director of the Immunisation Immunization Action The Action Coalition. The Immunisation Action Coalition. <laughs> sounds like a... Sounds like a, a Navy SEAL team, doesn't it? Have you run this past the uh, Action Coalition yet? Or? They could have their own comic book series. Action! Coalition! Saving the planet from COVID, yeah! Action, boys. Which is supporting frontline workers who will administer the COVID-19 vaccination. They're on the front line, like, like veterans, like war heroes. It really is a sacrifice. Everyone will be issued a written card that they can put in their wallet and that will tell them (laughs) what they have done and when their next dose is due. Because you've got to keep getting the doses. It's not one and done. (laughs) You have to keep getting dosed. All right, let's have a look at this video here. Everything we need to know about getting the vaccine. How about this? A little bit of education on the show, ladies and gentlemen.
3: Tonight the anticipation and anxiety surrounding the coronavirus vaccines oh, yeah. are unmistakable.
1: Yeah. So the anticip the anticipation and the anxiety, it's like going on a hot date.
0: The moment of anticipation.
1: I'm just so damn excited for this. I'm a little anxious. I'm a little excited. You know, I'm just,
0: oh my god. Oh my god! Can't wait for the vaccine, bro. Oh, it's so amazing. <laughs>
1: sir <laughs> so, i have a serious question about the uh 19 vaccine how are we going to temper the expectations of our adoring citizens who are eagerly waiting on the edge of their seat to get this needle is stuck into their arm how are we going to do that well thank you that's a great question Sir, I have a question about the vaccine. Is it true that the vaccine is the most amazing thing that we have ever reported on and the entire world is eagerly waiting with anxious anticipation anticipation to get their hands on this thing? Well, yes, that's true. It's true. Everyone's really excited.
3: (laughs) Thank you for keeping me informed. As Pfizer and Moderna prepare to roll out the first doses, right,
4: I think there is both anxiety and I think there's great hope because hope. I think people do recognize, hope. even if they're hesitant, mm. that vaccines are the way out of the pandemic.
1: There it is! There it is! Oh, oh yeah! Remember nine months ago when we were saying shit like, no, eventually what they're going to say is, if you want to, you know, have your job and go back outside and go to the restaurant and meet your family members, then they're going to make you take a vaccine. And everyone was like, shut up, you conspiracy theorist. Remember that? Oh, there were good old days. Now they're just openly telling you. <laughs> no, 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 no. We fully expect... Uh, everybody's really excited to take the vaccine because then that means that they'll be allowed to go outside again for a few months, as long as they're carrying their vaccination card, you see, that's key. You've got to have your vaccination card on you at all times. (laughs) So you can prove that you've had the vaccine and then we'll let you go in, you know, and actually says on your card when your next uh, dose is due. So the person who's checking your card at the door you know cuz we can't let people slip through the cracks who haven't been getting regular vaccinations <laughs> maybe for 2 years, 5 years, 10 years, I'm not sure. About you're going to have to take regular vaccinations for about the length of time that it takes off to pay uh, that it takes to pay off a very expensive yacht, I think. Sir, should we tell them that they don't have to continue taking vaccines and really one is enough? No, no, no. no. These limousines aren't going to pay for themselves, Jim. (laughs) Come on now. That'd be ridiculous. I just bought property. I just bought property in the Hamptons. I can't afford to wrap this up. Call up up Joe and make sure he signs us another, you know, a rolling contract. I want a rolling contract into the foreseeable future. Just keep making vaccines for us, please. That's what we want to hear from government. Because they love us and they want to protect us. It's all about keeping
3: me safe. Thank you for keeping me safe. Among the key questions people are asking, uh-huh. given that they were rushed into production, are the vaccines safe?
5: Yes, we think the vaccines are going to be safe. Oh, and good. here are the caveats. Yep. These are new vaccines, yep. but they have been rigorously tested.
1: Ah, it's new, but it's been rigorously tested. Good. <laughs> do it, in the chat. DLive.tv slash yeah. do it, Oh, I lost my V card when I was 16. Karen sent me flaccid with the diamond. Thank you, sir. Work sucks sending my flaccid love to you all. Aren't we lucky? Aren't we? We'd be very
0: touched here.
1: We're very lucky indeed to be joined by you, Karen sent me flaccid. Thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for touching us. Boogie, you can't say that, T.S. Moose. What? Nigger oh, what, what am I doing? What is wrong with me? Um, what you need to know about... Yep, so, here
3: we go. Rushed into production. Are the vaccines safe?
1: Yes, we think yes. the vaccines are going to be safe. We th- Are they safe? We think they're going to be. One day. One day. We don't know. We're not really sure
0: now. Maybe.
1: Winning TV with a diamond. Buy 10 vaccines. Get the 11th one free. It'll be like getting your coffee card stamped at the 7 Eleven, won't it? Maybe we can get vaccines at the 7 Eleven. Like they can put a dispenser next to the condom dispenser in the toilet. You just stick your hand in there and a little needle. jab. Ah, good. Thank you. I'm vaccine now. Can you, uh, do you update, do you validate parking and vaccination certificates here? We do, but you're gonna have to make a purchase of at least fifteen dollars.
0: Okay, I guess I'll get a Clark bar, uh, get a Snickers, and how much for a large, large latte? Is that? It's four dollars. Right. I get an extra large.
1: <laughs> there you go, sir. There's your parking pass, and there's your vaccination validation. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for shopping here today, sir.
5: And here are the caveats. These are new vaccines, but they have been rigorously tested uh, in clinical trials. And these are not trivial clinical trials. There are 30,000 to 60,000 people. But
3: Dr. Dr. Barton Haynes says it's important for the public to know there will be long-term monitoring for safety for months and years after we've been immunized.
0: Oh. (laughs) What? Thank you for keeping me safe. So
1: so in in the space of 10 minutes of this show this morning, we've discovered that Dr. Anthony Fauci is going to become Joe Biden's chief medical officer now. He's going to be the guy. He's the man. You're going to be seeing him 20 times a day on all the channels. He's going to be making speeches from the White House podium for a few years yet. He also says that... Christmas uh, and New Year restrictions must continue, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> we found out that you're not getting one vaccination. you're not getting one coronavirus shot, you're going to have to get multiple shots. <laughs> because they're going to give you a vaccination card, you see. And on the card because this will be what you use to prove to people whether or not you've been vaccinated and thus allowed into public spaces. So you'll have to carry your card around at all times and it will have your vaccine schedule on the card, right? So if you're trying to get into a restaurant on the 7th but you were due for a vaccine on the 6th and it's not stamped, sorry, sir, can't let you in. Not on the list. Not on the list, bro. And it's like, oh, well, that all sounds reasonable enough, I guess. I, I mean, I am interested in being kept safe in all of this. That sounds fair enough. And now we learn that <laughs> you're going to be. Clo- that their exact quote was, "closely monitored for years." <laughs> <laughs> and they they even squeeze. They say you're going to be closely monitored, and it's all about safety.
0: <laughs> well, thank you for keeping the safe. Yes.
1: I know being on, I know I've never felt safer being on a government list, which is, you know, earmarked for close monitoring and surveillance. That makes me feel so much safer. I don't know about you. Don't you want to be protected? (laughs) 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 Fucking balls
5: of this. And here are the caveats. Uh These are new vaccines, but they have been rigorously tested Uh uh, in clinical trials. And these are not trivial clinical trials. There are 30,000 to 60,000 people.
3: But Dr. Barton Haynes says it's important for the public to know Hmm. there will be long-term monitoring for safety for months and years after we've been immunized. Another important question, what side effects can we expect when we get the vaccine? One volunteer in the Moderna trial talked about his side effects.
5: The side effects were nausea, body aches, muscle aches, headaches, fatigue, (laughs) chills. It's like (laughs)
1: diarrhoea. Sounds worse than the virus. (laughs) I mean, it's worth it, guys. You'll be put on a database. You'll be closely monitored by the government for years for your own protection. You'll have to carry around a vaccination card, and all you'll have to suffer through is about a week of violent diarrhea and vomiting. <laughs> yeah, like wow, where do I sign up for this? What, what a fucking deal this is! I mean, at the end of it, you do you do get to go back to quote unquote normal, sort of. Good. It's very good. <laughs> oh. Thank you for keeping me safe. All right, that's enough of that shit. Ah, you need to laugh sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, you do, uh, because the world is a big, scary place out there. And all you all you can do to get through it is try to find the humor in it. And, you know, many of us have been saying for a long time that the world has lost its sense of humor. We could do a little better to keep each other buoyed and positive in these dark and challenging times, Right. So it's with great interest that I present to you this video, ladies and gentlemen, that we've been teasing up for a couple of weeks now. There she is. We're doing Kathy. Kathy Griffin. The Griff, as I like to call her. We're doing the Griff. The Ginger Ninja. (laughs) Kathy Griffin. Who I believe has been working uh, at a bar or something, picking up fucking glasses. Maybe she's been picking up glasses in one of the comedy clubs she used to work in. I'm not sure. But I do remember, remember a while ago she was whining that she couldn't find any work. She was crying that she's gonna to have to go out and do stand-up gigs again for like 20 bucks. Date in Ohio show with the diamond. Thank you for joining us, sir. So, I haven't watched a sec I haven't watched a second of this clip. <laughs> Victor von Schroom. What did we do to you, Boogie? You showed up. <laughs> you should have known. So I haven't watched a second of this. I don't know what she's going to say, but all I know is for some reason, I don't know why, but for some reason, Kathy Griffin was, uh, she gave this interview on the Australian version of 60 Minutes, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know why. I don't know why she's here. I don't know why she was allowed in the country. I have no no idea. I don't know if she's doing a, a show or a tour or... I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she's trying her luck with the Australian audiences who perhaps don't know her as well. <laughs> so they have no reason to intensely it dislike it her it yet. It I don't know. Amberlina with a diamond. Thanks, Boogie. Finally, I told you, I'm a benevolent king. What my citizens want, sometimes they get. Sometimes. All right, let's see what Cathy's got to say for herself in this interview. I don't know. She's... it's The, the video's called Cathy Thinks the World Has Lost Its Sense of Humour. So. Let's find out.
6: I think the world has lost its sense of humor in many ways Uh because we're getting so much noise from around us saying, don't trust your instinct. You know, the...
1: Oh, no. I already know what this is going to be. Oh, no. Because you know what this cunt's going to do, don't you? You know what this fucking bitch is going to do. She's going to sit there... And say the world is losing its sense of humor. There's these outside forces. Right. Foggy with the diamond, thank you for joining us. Fuck off, Cathy. Pauline is our red-headed clown. Yeah, we've already got one. <laughs> we ain't got room for two, that's
0: for damn sure. Oh, look at me. Hello. I'm rambling again.
7: Because vaccines and masks won't flatten COVID curve.
1: Okay, because vaccines and masks won't flatten. This is the song that doesn't
7: end. Yes, it goes on and on, my
1: friend. And it's going to, isn't it? Some
7: (laughs) people started singing it not knowing what it was. And they'll continue singing it forever just because this is the song that does.
3: The chief scientific advisor for Operation Warp Speed says most people who get the vaccine will have much less noticeable side effects, and they won't last I long. I would classify them as maybe 20-15% of the
7: have quite you noticeable know, side effects that usually last no more than 24 plus 6 hours, and uh, resolve
3: and when most of us who are not healthcare professionals or frontline workers who will likely take priority expect to be able to get vaccinated. Those projections vary. I'm hopeful
5: by Q2 of 2021, so uh, early spring. uh, That would be our aspirational goal. I think we're talking about uh, late summer, fall, uh, for when uh, the general public will have access to these vaccines, perhaps sooner.
3: How much will it cost the average person to get vaccinated? In the US, likely nothing. The federal government has promised the vaccine will be free of charge. How many doses of the vaccine will you need? Experts say for at least the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines, you'll need two doses, three to four weeks apart.
5: As far as whether we're going to have to come back and be vaccinated a year later, um, are, that's a question that we don't know yet.
3: Which vaccine should...
1: We don't know. <laughs> we never got to that part of the video. Thank you for the diamond, Gypsy. <coughs> uh, thank you for the streamlabs. Pardon me, Gypsy. <laughs> As for whether or not we'll have to come back in a year, two years, three years, four years from now, we just don't know yet. Oh, good, good. That that ensures rolling coronavirus coverage on corporate media as well for the next 10 years. This is going to be so good, so much fun. Uh, now, where were we? Yes, Kathy Griffin. I think the world has, you, know, I, you already know which way this Kathy Griffin thing's going to go already, don't you? I think the world has lost its sense of humor because there's a lot of outside forces, te- or outside forces telling you not to trust your instincts, right? Yeah. That's true, Kathy. Um, that happens every time you do like a live stream and you think of something funny to say, but then you stop yourself from saying it because of outside forces who would unperson you from the internet if you say the funny things. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we're all well aware it doesn't apply to you. It doesn't apply to you, Cathy, because you say the correct things. You say the nice liberal things. That dynamic doesn't work for us. (laughs) We're not allowed to do it. You are. You're just an unfunny piece of trash. That's the the reality. The world has lost uh, lost its sense of humour, but it never thought you were funny.
6: The great thing about comedy and a sense of humor is that it's so subjective that you laugh at something one day that maybe you wouldn't the next day. One group of people laughs at this type of
1: humor. Another individual. Ben K. Veritas with the diamond. Maybe she came to give more presidential head. Oh, I see what you did there. Severed heads. Yes. Severed heads. (laughs) Because that's what she blames. She blames that severed head incident for her tanking career. And I don't know. I don't think she had a particularly sex uh, s- successful 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 career before that anyway. But that was just enough to make a whole bunch of people go, ugh. <laughs> I don't, I'm not even going to pretend. I'm not going to feign interest in her anymore. And the next thing you know, she was picking up glasses at the local comedy club where she used to work. Okay. <laughs>
6: laughs at this type of
1: humor what's with the eyebrows not with the eyebrows she's had a lot of work done look at that look at. you can see around the eyes here see that telltale sign at her age whatever it is there's no conceit like she's she's fighting against gravity right there's no conceivable reason why the corners of her eyes should be you know sticking up towards the back of her head it's almost like somebody's grabbed the loose skin at the back of her neck and pulled it tight, and then put like a rubber band around. They've put a rubber band around it, like you would use, like you would use to castrate a bull. Coffee talk with Sandra, uh, with the diamond dlive.tv/slash coffee talk with Sandra. She looks like a Pez dispenser. Yeah, <laughs> very good. <laughs> yes, she does. She does have tremendous teeth, though. I'll give her that. This type of humor,
6: and that's what I love about comedy. I will oh. always love comedy. Really? So I think, um, you know, we're we're in a phase right now, and I want to think it's only a phase where people just don't trust their instincts, and if they laugh, wait a minute. Laugh at a joke, they kind of look around to go, "Is it okay to laugh at this joke?" <gasps>
1: <gasps> <laughs> Kathy, it's Kathy. It's been cunts like you who have created this like i I can't believe that we have to explain to people who want to you know outlaw certain kinds of humor and you know if you laugh at a particular joke that must mean you're a horrible racist person and you hate to say whatever you hate whichever group the joke is about right she's helped create that environment but now she wants to be the victim of it but we were saying all along they'll come for you too this environment that you're creating, right, this icy cold environment where everybody's walking on eggshells, eventually it will get you too. You know, it's, it's much better to be on the side of the jailers than the jailed, right? And, you know, comics like Kathy, Kathy Griffin and other ones like, the you know, the PC comics have been walking up and down, you know, in the, like prison guards slapping their baton against the bars of the of the cells where all of the other comics are who have been put in jail for telling the wrong fucking jokes, right? Who've been put in career jail. Maybe they lost their YouTube channel. Maybe they were banned from going to certain clubs or whatever because they say something that's a little too risky and we're not sure if we're allowed to laugh at that or not. So they've been walking up and down the prison You know, cell. Clack, 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 clack. Hey, don't say that. Don't laugh at that in there. You know, dang, 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 dang. Oi, sit down. (laughs) Did you make a joke about someone being unemployed from a minority group? Dang, dang. Sit down. Get back in your cell. But then in many cases, like the internet has broken these cell doors open. And now the prisoners are running riot and beating the former comics, the former jailers, over the head with their own baton. And now the jailers are like, ''Hey, can't you take a fucking joke? Come on, relax!''
0: Up is just a trap. Fucking assholes, man. Unbelievable. You talk about a conversation, and that sounds like a, a perfect ideal, but what is also happening is that that someone's prolific career, uh, all their uh. work gets canceled because of a what might be considered a mistake. Are you comfortable with the punitive nature of cancel culture?
6: Um, no, I think the way you said it is perfect, which is when you have somebody with an entire body of work and they're able to be canceled overnight like I was, then that...
1: Fucking cunt. Fucking cunt. <laughs> like she's the victim of cancel culture. She's the, she's one of the ones who have been doing the canceling. Ugh. I knew that I knew this was the way it was gonna go. Like even after all of this, after all they always do this. They assume your position and then pretend like they fucking invented it. I think cancel culture is bad because that's what happened to me. <laughs> Fuck man. You know what? I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Kathy the same treatment that we gave JK Rowling, right? This is fair, I think. JK, it's terrible what happened to you. Nobody should be cancelled. We've known this for a long time. I'm glad that you now agree with us because you were cancelled right i'm glad that you now see the light kathy so here's what we're going to do we will defend you against cancel culture we will defend your right to you know own your own work and do gigs and put out content and stuff we will defend you but only after we've defended everybody else only then There is a football stadium full of people who have been unfairly cancelled and torn down over one thing they said in, you know, 10 years or 5 years or 20 years or lost their jobs, right? They've been fired, they've been kicked off writing teams, they've been banned from shows, they've been banned from doing stand-up gigs, they've been banned from the music industry. After we defend all of those people in that football stadium, then maybe if we have time, we'll defend you, we'll get to you right after jk Rowling, you go right to the back of the fucking list kathy griffin fucking giving interviews whining about how she got cancelled oh it's awful you know people have just lost the ability to laugh oh fucking cry me a river cry me a fucking river you enabling cunts you're the reason why it's happening in the first place so when we defend everybody else then maybe at the end if we've got time before dinner yeah all right bring Kathy Griffin in bring Kathy in she's been waiting out there long enough it's going to be like the waiting room in Beetlejuice you know how people have been sitting there for 400 years after they die that's that's about the time length that we're looking at here because we got to go we got a lot of victims of cancel culture to get through first a lot Fucking
6: bitch. That deserves a second look. I do like the conversation a part. Second look. I don't
1: like the part where the <laughs> thank, thank you for the spirited defense of free expression, Kathy. Hmm. Cancel culture deserves a second look. <laughs> She's so you know what I like about Kathy Griffin? She's so principled. She doesn't want to come out and say that cancel culture is cancer and it needs to be, you know, set alight and burnt until it, it, it until it's ash like or it needs to be you know it needs to be completely eviscerated from our culture completely she doesn't go that that logical step no she's like well i guess sometimes it's a problem when it cancels me so we should probably take another look at it what a spirited defense of free expression what a what a spirited defense of artistic freedom thank you so much kathy fuck you, she's so brave Going up against cancel culture like this? Oh, Kathy, my hero.
6: It's not a conversation. That is the world we live in where yeah. everything's too fast and people aren't necessarily
1: talking. <laughs> good good question in the chat, Henry. If she's canceled, then 60 Minutes is based now? <laughs> based 60 Minutes. <laughs> they put on the riskiest comics. <laughs> Do you remember? Her? She's an inspiration. <laughs>
6: To think and I I think all of it is worth a look Uh because um I think it affects people more than they think, you know. So you can sort of look at my little story and go,
1: it's about it's always about you, isn't it, Kathy? It's all about Kathy. (laughs) It's all about Kathy. Well, I think we should take a second look at cancel culture because if you want to look at my little example. I was an unfunny comedian for the better part of three decades until I did a picture with no context whatsoever and no humour value whatsoever of me holding the severed head of the sitting president. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, everything changed. All of a sudden, people started telling me that they didn't think I was funny. This was the first time in three decades I'd ever heard that. And then all of a sudden, people didn't want to hire me anymore. You know, I think we should take a second look at this. This really is a serious problem for me,
6: Kathy Griffin. All right, well, that's her story. And she's a Hollywood elite or, you know, any one of the pejoratives you're going to throw. But the truth it's is, all, this is, you're all, right.
1: This is all about manipulating the audience into feeling sorry for her. But she's such an unlikable witch. She lacks the ability to do it. She's like bragging about her own cancellation. Oh, she's so fucking arrogant. I think Jerry Seinfeld once said, because she was on an episode of Seinfeld, like a couple of episodes, and I think Jerry Seinfeld said after working with her, something like, she is the most unfunny person I've ever met in my entire life. (laughs) Something like that. She's terrible. But apparently she had like some deal to appear in two episodes and she held him to this contract. So like 10 years later or something, maybe five years later or something, he had to put her on the show again. I don't know why she doesn't have more allies in the industry. I don't know why she doesn't have more friends in stand-up comedy who could help her out a bit, and, you know, give her maybe give her an opening slot on a, you know, when they headline somewhere. Take her on a little tour, you know, maybe three or four states. You'll be back in, you know, two weeks. It's gonna be great. Don't worry. We'll get you rolling again. We'll get you going again. Look, you know, Kathy, I've known you a long time. Look, I've got a spot. It's like 9.30 uh, Saturday night, you know, coming up this month. It's prime time. Like it's a 10-minute spot before somebody with talent comes out. Are you in? Are you keen? It's it's when we're it's when we're handing out the uh, the entrees for the for the for the diners, you know. So there will be some clanking of plates and cutlery and glasses and you know, waiters asking for orders and all that kind of shit. But I mean it's a spot. You want a spot? You've got a spot. We'll give you a spot. <laughs> Look at that face, by the way. How could you not love a face like this? Have a look at that. That sums, that sums up Kathy Griffin more than anything else ever could. Look at that.
0: Perfect. Eh? Eh. Kathy
1: Griffin is the human... Kathy Griffin is the personification of the sound people make when there's a little hole in their work boots and their socks get wet. That's what she is as a person. You know, when you walk around and you feel that wet patch go in your socks and you're like, you've got a whole shift and you're like, Ugh. that's Kathy. That's Kathy immortalised into, you know, sound. She is the human equivalent of, Ugh.
6: Carry on. Or, you know, any one of the pejoratives you're going to throw. But the truth is, you're right. People yeah, should truth. be thinking about, have I lost my sense of humour? Has this group lost its sense of humour?
0: And how do you feel about that? I mean, how do you, how are you personally uh, coping?
1: <laughs> how are you coping, Cathy? How are you coping with all of this? I mean, look at... The, the, the comic value of this piece here, if you're listening to podcast, you can't see, but they've now put up the picture of her holding the severed head of Donald Trump up with, like, just standing there looking at the camera. I mean, the humour in this piece is obvious, right? I mean, it's fucking hilarious, really, if you think about it. You know, you think of the great, like, comedy writers throughout the years and the great, com- you know, comedic performance, the great prop comics, right? I mean, this is right up there. Just, just standing there with an expressionless face holding a severed head of the sitting president. I mean, it's just fucking... It's gold. It's gold. <laughs> Think about what happened to you, Kathy. It's just not fair. This, We need to take a second look at this cancel culture stuff. We really do.
0: With, with life before and after the scandal, as you describe it. The scandal.
6: I guess I had to wrap my brain around the fact that other people were either fearful about that photo or acted like they were terrorized by that photo.
1: Okay. All right, Kathy, now do pictures of Muhammad. Let's see. Let's see if people have lost their sense of humor or not, Kathy. (laughs) I want to see Kathy Griffin up there in front of a billboard drawing funny doodles of Muhammad. In front of the camera on 60 Minutes. Let's test this theory. Let's see who's let's see who's lost their sense of humor, Kathy. Go on, you're you're brave. You'll laugh at anyone. Don't second guess yourself, Kathy. Trust your instincts, Kathy. Right? Right? Hey, on the cab on the way over here, I was talking to the cab driver about this thing called FBI crime statistics. You ever heard that? You ever heard about this thing? Apparently, they keep a whole bunch of records according to certain demographics and the violent crimes they commit. I don't know, have you ever heard of this? Who hears from a place with an ethnic minority that's listed on the crime statistics website? Who hears from them? You know, I just think people have lost their sense of humor. I think everybody needs to relax. Trust your instincts, like Kathy said.
6: <laughs> Fucking. I definitely am less afraid than I used to be, Good but for you. I'll be honest. You know, it was a very odd thing. At first, I was just sort of flabbergasted. Then I was hurt. You know, because a lot of people turned on me, etc.
1: <laughs> oh no! And the and the redemption arc is complete for Kathy. At first, I was shocked and bemused, and then I was just hurt, man. I was just sad. Sad. <laughs> So many people turned on me. (laughs) It's, It's funny how that happens, isn't it, Kathy? It's funny how that happens. I mean, you know, it's it's weird. It's kind of like it's kind of like the situation goes like this, right? Like, so for years, people that Kathy Griffin was calling far right, extremist, racist, transphobic, homophobic, xenophobic, bigoted unfunny, hurting people, harming minorities, right? Not saying the right things. It's almost if all of those people who have been cancelled were saying the whole time (laughs) that eventually the crowd will turn on you too. Like they will hate you too at some point and you'll be cancelled and then you'll be like, oh my God, how did we get here? It's almost like, all those years you spent dismissing the people who were already cancelled, I mean, it seems like they were right all along. It's strange. It's bizarre. Who would have... Nobody saw this coming, by the way. Not even Cathy. At first she was shocked, and then she was just kind of sad about it. Oh, look at me. Hello. Hello.
0: I'm rambling again.
6: Please,
1: Kathy, shut up. <laughs> From Gypsy. Thank you, Gypsy
6: you know what I mean? But who am I anyway? I mean, there's Sally Weaver, the woman. Sally Weaver, the artist. Sally Weaver, the person. No, you got to <laughs>
0: shut up. <laughs> Sally Weaver without the fans. you
6: know what I mean? But who am I anyway? I mean, there's Sally Weaver, the woman. Sally Weaver, the artist. Sally Weaver, the person.
0: No, you got to <laughs> shut up.
1: <laughs> Isn't that funny? Two people who have been uh, affected by cancel culture. Kathy Griffin, who is the real victim of cancel culture, of course. She's shocked at the... Uh, The world has lost its sense of humour. And then you also have uh, Michael Richards right there, who's been cancelled for the better part of two decades now because he said the N-word a couple of times once on a stage and he's never been allowed to work ever since. Ever since. And he was was a fucking good stand-up comic too, Michael Richards. People forget how good Michael Richards was because he hasn't been around for so long. But before he was doing Seinfeld, he was a really good stand-up comic. Like a bit, a bit, like you know, a bit like Jim Carrey-ish, but just funny, much funnier, like a bit crazy and you know, a bit quirky and all that kind of thing. But he was a very funny man. Of course, you know, who here's heard of FBI crime statistics? <laughs> so I think I just think the world's lost its sense of humor, really. If we're being honest here, on, we're almost done with Kathy.
6: Then, as I learned more about what was happening, I guess I. Foolishly thought other people would sort of start to get it. And it's not that hard to explain once it's, you
1: it's kind of like, know. It's like, Kathy's telling herself now that she's been at the forefront of like fighting against cancel culture. This is the new reality that Kathy Griffin has created for herself to make sense of the world. Oh, I, I knew this is the way it would go. Well, you know, maybe eventually at some point people will wake up and see that cancel culture isn't that good. <laughs> yes, yes That's exactly what the people Who you've been cancelling, Kathy. That's exactly what they've been saying The whole time That you were calling them crazy conspiracy theorists That's pretty much how it goes What a bitch Alright With that, ladies and gentlemen We're going to take a quick five-minute break here on this Friday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast when we return Eastern Europeans, sex robots, and some pretty disgusting people. All that and more in the second half of the show right here on the Friday night edition of the Daily Boogie. Stick around.
0: Ian Michael, Glass Art, Head of the British Garage Door
1: Repairs and Glassmakers Association, Lord Clarence Cobblepot.
0: Well, I, I truly have uh, no uh, hesitations. It's just uh, Ian Michael is a visionary. Uh, possibly the most uh, wonderful, talented glassmaker we've ever seen, you know, of this generation. Uh, uh, I recommend them to all of our, our, our service members and all of our our union members who require only the best in quality. Ian Michael Glass Art. Not just dildos and butt plugs.
7: Do you suffer from mass hysteria, not knowing whether to wear a mask or not? Do you suffer from paranoia, constantly in fear of Karens? Do you suffer from anti laughism the inability to laugh and smile no matter what happens to you? Well,
6: it's Child Worthington here with Child Money Live, where you can have a chahoot and chanani of a good time. We have everything from cha-current events
0: to a cha-sourcing of a Karens, where these chakarins just be going chug crazy It's off the hinge. We even got Karens. We got Karens going crazy over French fries. We even have Karens that think they have the force. It's insane over here at La. So I appreciate you. Come on down. We got the phone lines. we are always open. We'd love to have you. Such effects may include dizziness, lack of oxygen due to hysterical laughing the ability to shield off cameras to come within six feet of your senses. the expansion of the mind due to the overload, factual information, not fake news, confidence, and black of bullshit in your life and the instant to become based. For instance, hope to meet these symptoms, please contact the trauma-in-outline immediately or seek your closest woke friend and may be able to calm you during your time in transition from sleep to awake. <laughs>
1: Out elders
6: Mr. Mueller rather than purely relying on the evidence provided by witnesses and documents I, I think you relied a lot on media I'd like to know how many times you cited the Washington
3: Post in your report how many times I what I
6: the
2: Washington
0: Post. <laughs> how many times I what
1: Mr. Mueller I'd like to know how many times you cited the Washington Post in your report Sorry, would I like some toast? No, no, no. How many times did you cite the Washington Post? I'm sorry. At the party, am I a good host? I'm a very good host. No, no, Mr. Muller. How many times? Yes. Did you cite? Yes, yes. The Washington
0: Post. The Washington Post. Well, I don't know the Washington Post, but I've heard good things about him. There's always lots of hors d'oeuvres. You know, I, I, I remember back when I was a younger man. Younger man, we, we would host we would host many soirées. Of course, back then, of course, back then, uh, I was I was quite debonair. I was a big big fan with the ladies. The ladies very much enjoyed my company and uh, myself and the Washington Post would get around town make make tremendous friends and then of course I would always be up at the crack of dawn the next day to get the daily news because as you know in those days they didn't bring the newspaper to your front door you would have to go down the the road to get it yourself and I would always make sure that I had a sixpence in my pocket to ride the trolley (laughs) (laughs) No Mr. Muller, how many times did you cite the washington post oh the washington post yes no oh, it was a tremendous paper i remember back in the early days you could purchase the washington post a cup of coffee and ride the trolley all for around four cents those were it was a tremendous time to be alive
5: post in your report i do yeah. not have knowledge of that uh, yeah. figure but i, I well that's I, a, I don't have knowledge of that figure
6: i counted about 60 times how many times did you cite the new york times
1: I counted. Yeah, I have no idea. I counted about. I, I have no idea because I didn't write the fucking thing. Subscribe to the Daily Boogie Podcast. It's what Granddad wanted. want.
0: job remember your training you know how to handle this don't forget Smens
7: this Justin the global officials that can help all also known as got you have now banned all boogieing and boogie related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. All Sometime right, all right. Sometimes this world can get you down.
0: There's one thing you can do. You gotta get back up and shake your all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie popper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper
1: tonight. Come back. Second half of the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for joining us. Again, just a quick reminder, if you'd like to become a full-time supporter, patreon.com slash boogie bumper, become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, cuz you would like to regale me with wonderful stories of your strange and unusual sexual proclivities then you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper ladies and gentlemen uh, don't forget later on tonight you've got Irrational Times Coffee Talk with Sandra everybody's favourite lover of French Women Mersh I think Joy of Pessy may be doing something tonight, I'm not sure, he was in here before, I don't know if anybody knows if Joy of Pessy is doing something or not, then let me know. So he, he does Friday nights regularly, semi-regularly. So. Uh, you've also got Pirate Radio, at Real Person PLTCS, lots of our friendos. Uh, tomorrow night, Major Tom. You've got Winning TV at about 8 o'clock tomorrow night. Lots of friendos to follow. And then Sunday night shit show, Rusty on a Sunday. All good stuff. All good stuff. So give our friendos a follow, ladies and gentlemen. Are you buttering us up for the sex robots, Bulg's, Mucus and asked? I never butter up for sex robots. I normally go in, you know, hard, deep, thorough and raw. That's the way I like to approach it because that's what sex robots are made for. But here on this, show, since you bring it up um, here on this show, there's a, there's been a constant for the whole amount of time that we've been doing this podcast. And that is our dedication to love. Here on this show, ladies and gentlemen, we don't besmirch, befoul or beclown anybody's love. Here on this show, we love love. We celebrate your love. We celebrate regular love and irregular love. It's all the same to us because really, love is all you have. Love is all you have, exactly. We love love. We hate hate and we love love. So, this is, you know... If you're a lover out there, (coughs) if you're a lover, if you're somebody who loves love, you love being in love. If you're loving being in love with the lovers, then this is the show for you because love lives here. H-A-T-E don't live here anymore because L-O-V-E is written on this door. That's a a line from a 90s pop song, a 90s Australian pop song. (laughs) which nobody in the audience will know except for maybe Foggy. H J T E don't live here anymore no no cuz L O V E is written on my store. Yes it is. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's what we do here. That's what we deal in here. Love love. So in the interest of celebrating love ladies and gentlemen, I'm very very happy and excited. I'm anxious and an- with anticipation. Like waiting for a coronavirus vaccine, I bring you this story, ladies and gentlemen. Kazakhstani bodybuilder marries his sex doll after a whirlwind romance.
2: Woo-hoo! Woo!
1: Look at the happy couple, right? Look at this. Isn't this wonderful? Aren't they beautiful together? Proving that love is blind and sometimes kooky, a bodybuilder from Kazakhstan has tied the knot with his dearly beloved, a sex doll he dated for eight months before proposing a year ago. It was eight months because he was sure that she was the one, like, in the first couple of weeks. He knew. But he couldn't really tell if she felt the same way about him. So it was, like, eight months of, like, you know... You know those nervous dates where you don't really show, oh Am I allowed to grab her tit yet? You'll be dancing and you're like, "Mm, if I put my hand on her ass now, is it too soon? Like, am am I gonna? Is she gonna think that I'm like going too hard too soon? Should I wait for her to put her hand on my ass first while we're dancing? Like, if I start kissing her neck right now, will she be into it or will she pull away? I don't want to put, I don't want her to pull away. There was a lot of that until finally he decided, you know. You've got to be brave. If you want to fight for your love, then you have to be brave enough to stand up for it and declare your commitment early on. Because she was obviously... You don't want her to become the one that got away. (laughs) Clad in a black tux and bow tie, Yuri Tolochko is seen planting a gentle kiss on Margot, who I assume she's now Margot Kolodzko, who appears a bit stiff in her revealing why, yeah, that wasn't the only thing that was stiff on the wedding night you know, I hear that the sex doll wasn't the only stiff thing on the wedding night, hi-oh a thing! What do you think of that one, huh? 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 What do you think of that? (laughs) He added, in one post uh, of them working out together, (coughs) they work out together, but she always hogs the machine. She won't even get up. Very annoying. (laughs) In one post of them working out together, Kolochko wrote, quote, couples need to talk less and connect more. With time and experience, Margot and I realized that it takes more than words to have a conversation. More than words. (laughs) Well, I appreciate getting this, you know, inside scoop, the inside baseball on the relationship because. These are all, like, these are kind of the unspoken things, right? You know, sorry to steal a line from him, but these are kind of like the unwritten rules to a happy and successful relationship, right? You've got to have that fundamental understanding between one another. You've got to be able to, you know, to steal a line from Uma Thurman in Pulp Fiction. You know, it's so rare for people to comfortably share silence. So if you can comfortably share silence with somebody, that's a good sign. You don't have to constantly fill the air with noises. Uh, Carrier monkey in the chat with a question. What is her voltage? I don't know, but she's hot blooded. She's a little minx. (laughs) He added, your partner sure deserves the best, but they have to do their part. Exactly. It's a two way street. It's a two way street. And she sounds very understanding. I'll give her that. Kolochko said he met Margot at a nightclub where he rescued her from some unwanted (laughs) attention. She was. She had the guy. The guys were all over her at this Kazakhstani nightclub. He rescued her from that. He got her out of there. Adding that they had planned to take the plunge in March before the coronavirus pandemic hit. I would think that the, you know, the bonus, the. The only really positive thing about marrying an inanimate uh, inanimate object is the coronavirus restrictions don't really apply to you, do they? You know, you're not not actually fucking a human person. You're not holding hands with a real-life breathing sentient being here. This is just a piece of plastic. And if you get one of those expensive ones, maybe some cords and circuitry, maybe a little hole to plug your USB cable in, that's about it. Well, we couldn't get married with, you know, the coronavirus restrictions. Oh, of course. Of course, Victor. (laughs) He told the Daily Star that the wedding was delayed again after he was attacked during a transgender rally in the Kazakh city city of Almaty on October 31, when he suffered a concussion and a broken nose after dressing as a woman for the event. Wait, that's fantastic. So he got attacked for dressing like a woman at a trans... Does that mean that the transgender ralliers were the ones who attacked him? (laughs) Why would that be the case? Why would that be the case? Kolochko, who identifies as a pansexual, told the Daily Star, quote, Our story turns me on much more than the sex itself. So maybe she's not the little minx that I imagined her to be. So who would like to see some footage of the happy couple on their very special day? It's up to you. You know, I I love wedding videos, personally. I could watch them all day. So if we have the opportunity to watch a wedding video with, you know, an Eastern European pansexual pervert who gets beaten up at transgender rallies marrying an inanimate object sex robot that he fills with his own cum... (laughs) <laughs> then I, I guess we have to watch it. So let's check it out. Now, I can't full screen this for summary. I don't know why I can Stupid Instagram. Okay, let's
7: have a
1: oh, look at this. Uh, It's a very happy couple, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? And here you can see some of uh, his other work. I guess this is him after the beating. (laughs) Very good. And there's Yuri. He is a throbbing piece of hot man meat, isn't he? She's a very lucky girl, this one. Oh, she's very lucky. All of the girls in Kazakhstan are going to be so jealous of Margot, I think. Well done. Well, it doesn't end there. Because this story, I think, is going to inspire other people to go out and find themselves some sex robot love, ladies and gentlemen. And when we think about people, who who needs love the most in our society? I think it's obvious. What happens when we have spent our entire lives with somebody and we grow old together, but then one of the people dies. You know, there's always—it's very unfortunate, but it happens. You know, you've woken up next to the same person for forty or fifty years, and then one day you find yourself all alone and on your own. And all of a sudden, the world is a dark and miserable place where you had light—only light and sunshine—before. I, I don't envy anybody in that position. But this story about the the Kazakhstani bodybuilder. Meeting his one true love, I think, is probably going to inspire, you know, brave people, people with a lot of love still left to give, to go out there and, you know, get back out there, get back in the market. You know, Yuri has bravely forged a path forward for the rest of us to follow. So, with that in mind, I give you this story, ladies and gentlemen. UW professor proposes developing sex robots for older disabled adults. Grandma! Our grandma got her groove back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You horny old devils. (laughs) Let's give the sex robots to the elderly. (laughs) We may as well because they're not getting any visits from the grandkids. As social isolation continues to be a problem for those with disabilities aged 65 and older, a University of Washington professor is considering how robots could be developed to provide senior citizens some companionship and even sexual (laughs) fulfilment. Granny's got to get hers too, exactly. (laughs) Kitty, B in the chat. Every time his friends come over, they will be banning her. She can't say no. Nancy Jecker, Professor of Bioethics and Humanities. That's an interesting combination. (laughs) Minister of Fun, hear me. DM me that Amazon link. (laughs) People are already lining up. You're not elderly yet though. It's close, but (laughs) no. No, that's not true. true. You're not close. A little way off. Bioethics and Humanity at the University of Washington School of Medicine, Seattle, just published a paper on the topic, quote, nothing to be ashamed of, sex robots for older adults with disabilities. In the paper, Checker connects the current trend of robotics and artificial intelligence with the rapidly growing ranks of senior citizens who are living longer, but are often lonely and disabled. I think if you get Grandma a sex robot, then you don't have to go and visit her anymore. Hi, Grandma, should we come over and bring the kids? No, 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 I'm busy today. <laughs> I'm busy every day. I'm busy all day, every day. I don't leave this apartment for a reason. The outside world is scary and I have a ready-made rock-hard robocock here just waiting to go. I'm sorry, I'm gonna be riding the cock for the rest of the day. I hope you understand. I can't have kids here in this environment. Why don't you get the kids a sex robot? She argues uh, allowing older people access to sex robots, which it'll probably be the taxpayers they have to fucking pay for the sex robots <laughs> for the, the elderly. They're giving away free tampons now in Scotland. We may as well give old people free sex robots. Why not? She argues that allowing older people to access sex robots, which are usually portrayed as a product for younger people, is a reasonable way to support one's sexuality for those who are disabled later in life. Let's have a look here. Bioethicist proposes robots as seniors' companions. Let's have a look.
4: The paper really is a bid um, to the sex robot industry Uh to tap into this what i consider to be a a new and growing market because societies are aging Mm. and people are living longer
1: (laughs) societies are aging we better get everybody used to having sex with non-humans how do we address the aging society problem how do we address the demographic winter that's looming on the horizon should we have more children no don't be silly let's fuck robots (laughs) Idea, sir. And then the robot will take your job. The robot's going to take your wife and your job in the same afternoon. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> Time to grab yourself a noose, young white man in the West. You're not going to be needed anymore. <laughs> we can free you from this. We can free you from the heartache of living a long and pointless life. Trudging from one blue collar job to the next waiting antagonizingly close to getting pussy every single time, but then just missing out because there's a sex row. I mean, you know, it's going to be a wonderful life for you. May as well end it now while you've got the chance.
4: More than ever before. And alongside that is chronic disease and disabilities uh, that impair sexual functioning. Yeah. So today's sex robot industry is, you know, sexist, ageist, heterosexist, <laughs>
1: You know that meme? (laughs) You know that meme that's been going around a while? You know that meme that's been going around a while where people say things like, university professors think everything is sexist? (laughs) The sex sex robot industry is sexist, it's ageist, it's racist, it's disgusting. How are we going to fix this? I know, let's give sex robots to old women. (laughs) That'll fix the problem, says this old woman on television. (laughs) This old woman goes on television and says, "I I think sex robots should be made free for all old women. If you don't give me a sex robot, you're a sexist. You're a racist pig. (laughs) <laughs> uh, heterosexist yes <laughs> heterosexist i don't even know, i don't even know what it means i consume i consume this garbage daily because their confusion and you know shrieking anger at the world and the laws of nature and you know all of those things it brings me joy to see people doing this flailing around, you know, waving their arms around in the air, screaming hysterically. The sex robot industry is heterosexist. I don't even know what that means. I thought sexist was enough to just, like, cover all the bases. Apparently not... Apparently you can be heterosexist too. Is, does that mean I'm a heterosexual or does it mean I'm being sexist to the heterosexuals? Or in favour of the heterosexuals? Kitty B, she want the fake cum kit. <laughs> yeah... The fake cum kit is fine, but you just have to constantly refill it. And the refills are like 10 bucks a pop. I mean, it's ridiculous. What I do is get a little bit of corn flour, mix it with water. <laughs> Make my own cum kit. provides next, product. No heterosexuality. No heterosexism here, my friend.
4: More than ever before. Uh, and alongside that is chronic disease and disabilities yeah, that uh, impair sexual functioning. Uh-huh. So today's sex robot industry is, you know, sexist, ageist, heterosexist, <laughs> of course it is. ableist, yes. and really there are opportunities that have been unexplored. Okay. The idea of robots as companions for older adults, I think is considered unseemly and unthinkable.
1: Um, we're fine with robots. Yeah, I mean, how about get grandpa a dog, you know, <laughs> if grandpa's lonely, get him a fucking dog. That's what. That's what. Do, this is. This is the job of the dog, as a species. We have an understanding with the dogs. Hey, you'll be my best friend, and dog is like, okay, I'll be man's best friend. <laughs> I. I can. I can. It's an insult if I turned up to oh, an elderly relative's house. Oh, hello. I'm
0: rambling again.
7: That lady person looks like Kellyanne Conway.
1: <laughs> Gimme reckon she looks like Kellyanne Conway. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I'm nice. I'm
4: so today's sex robot industry is yeah. not sexist, racist, hetero, oh,
0: my joystick.
4: and really there are opportunities that have been unexplored. The idea of robots as companions for older adults, I think, is considered unseemly and unthinkable. Um, we're fine with robots for younger, able-bodied men, but the idea of uh, manufacturing and designing robots for older people, Thank you for especially the donation Kimmy. older women with disabilities, uh-huh. for example, is a demographic we really um, haven't marketed to. That's right the attitude of society the attitude of
1: western culture what i was saying so that was the job we give dogs to the old people who are lonely and they can pat the dog and a dog will sit next to them and you know the dog will follow them around it'll sleep on the bed with them right that's that's the way normal people deal with things because that's like i said we're giving we're now giving robots the dog the the jobs of dogs and that's not right I don't mind replacing the humans, like I don't mind replacing the McDonald's workers and the cashiers, and you know other you know low-level employees with robots. That makes sense to me. But if you're replacing dogs with robots now, this has gone too far. It's gone far too far. <laughs> Foggy, just don't fuck the dog, grandma. <laughs> So I, I reckon if I went to an elderly relative's house and said, hey, by the way, you <laughs> like the, you have to think of the dynamic here, okay? You go to your elderly relative's house because they're lonely and you don't spend time with them because they're lonely. You drop off a fucking robocock. <laughs> here, Grandma, I have it. All right, I'll see you next year. Grandma, I bought you a robotic penis to keep you company. Okay, now don't call me. I've changed the locks, all right? <laughs> you just stay here until you're dead. <laughs> stay here riding the Robocock until you die. Then that the, This is fantastic. I brought my mother-in-law a Robo-Penis and now I don't have to speak to her anymore. <laughs> She's not even lonely. She doesn't bother calling me all the time now. She's too busy, can't get on the phone. She doesn't want to leave the bedroom. It's amazing. It's everything It's everything I wanted in a Christmas present. Thank you, Robocock. <laughs> I've saved $40 a week on fuel not driving out there to pay attention to her. It's amazing. It's wonderful. See you next Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes, the Robocock.
4: Toward sexuality in later life, is really glaringly ageist. Uh-huh. So older adults who express a desire for sex are, um, you know, ridiculed. Um, they're thought of as, older adults are thought of as uh, sex, asexual or beyond sex, or if they show an interest in sex, they're considered dirty. Mm. So it's really not encouraged and it's not. Sub-
1: so we need, we need to challenge this stereotype that older people who are looking for sex are dirty by giving them all robotic penises. <laughs> So by giving them sex robots to fuck, <laughs> that'll, that'll address the stereotype that old people are perverted.
2: <laughs>
1: Just drop off that pallet out the front door. Rockin' Robocock is here for fun, Grandma. I want to get a little screen on the back of the Robocock. Cock. State, Ohio show. They will not replace us. Takes on. They will not replace us. Takes on a new meaning. Oh yeah, we're only being. We're only being kept here so we can consume long enough to put enough money into the correct corporations to get their capital up to a point. Uh, to a point where they can replace us with robots. That's that's the only reason we're still around. Once that happens, they'll have no use for us. By the way, line up and get your coronavirus vaccine. You're going to have to get two in the first year, two in the year after. Make sure you carry your card with you at all times. We want to keep track of everybody who's had the injection. Yeah, I want to get a little screen uh, on the back of my sex robot when I'm an old man. I'll get a little screen on the back of it so I can still watch, like, you know, my old stories. So I can still watch Gilligan's Island. While I'm giving it to my sex robot, raw, you know. I
0: don't want to miss out on my stories now. show was just getting interesting. I understand they're giving, uh, they're doing replays of the old Brady Buns. It was amazing.
1: <laughs> so when you're fucking your sex robot doggy style, you can still watch the game. I think that would be. Uh, maybe we can get a little drinks holder in her head, in the back of her head. And I'll never have to leave the house. be amazing.
4: Um, In the healthcare setting, uh Uh, primary care physicians rarely uh, ask about sexual functioning, sexual health with their older...
1: Okay, that's boring now. Uh, So we've got another video here. It's called Sex Robots. Will sex robots of the future replace humans, ladies and gentlemen? Let's have a look.
5: Robot technician David Levy believes that in 30 years, sex and relationships with robots will be the norm. Oh, good. The norm.
1: Imagine, 30 years from now, more people having sex with robots than actual people. Lady of Diamonds gypsy with the diamond... Where did you steal the diamond gypsy? Uh, Denture holder in her ass crack. Now we're spitballing. Now we're brainstorming. Here we go. I don't want to lose those. Maybe we can put a little bit of sanitary fluid in her ass crack so it cleans the dentures at the same time, huh? How about
5: that? How about that?
1: You know, what I love best about coronavirus is now that I'm banned from having sex with human beings, I can just order my sex robots. Gonna be amazing. You know, human to human contact is responsible for nearly all diseases. Are you aware of this? We need to all be locked up in our own homes, getting Uber Eats deliveries and having sex with machines. It's the only way we're going to keep people safe. It's for your safety. Thank you for keeping me safe. It's for
5: your protection. Futurologist Ian Pearson is convinced that by 2050, Uh robots will be much more in demand in relationships and in life. It makes no sense to deny that...
1: Thankfully, by 2050, there's a pretty good chance I'll already be dead. So... That's a plus, I guess. I've got that to look forward to. The eternal sleep. (laughs) That's a positive, right? Oh, 2050, you say. Oh, good. I'll be dead by then. That's fine. Won't worry me. (laughs) At least I hope I will be
5: has an increasing impact on all areas of our lives uh-huh. including sex yep. in this video we will try to figure out if we are afraid of competing with robots in personal relationships and if there are pro- <laughs> afraid of competing with robots in personal relationships
1: <clears throat> you know far be it from me to tell a what what do you call himself a futurologist i didn't even know there was such a thing Far far be it from me to tell a futurologist how to do his job, but I would imagine that comparing personal relationships between human beings and sex robots comes with a relatively fundamental flaw in the premise, in the axiom of this discussion. And that is, it's called a personal relationship because there's persons involved. (laughs) You cannot have a personal relationship with something that is not a person, <laughs> it ceases to be personal. Then, no, that's that's called mental illness. When you talk to things that aren't alive, that's a mental that's a mental problem. That's psychosis. That's not personal relationships. <laughs> Foggy, I think they forgot this pesky thing called existence. <laughs> Winning TV women. Women, you've got competition, and now they don't talk back. I mean, look at, look at this sexy fucking piece here. Look at this hot piece of ass. Look at that. No arguments about whether she had the extra piece of garlic bread when you go out to dinner with this one. Look at that. You can see right in her guts. Honey, I think you're eating too much. I can see the steak swirling around in your little stomach capsule there. That's so you can. That's so you can get. This is the upgraded model. That's so you can get the realistic scat porn stuff at the end of the night. The scat porn experience programming. That's the whole point.
5: <laughs> I want. No, I want to see what's being pooped. All right, let's go. Prospects for such relationships. This issue will be hot. Put up a like that's and subscribe to the issue. channel.
0: Oh look at me. Hello. I'm oh, Ram.
7: One robot that also measures your blood pressure for grandpa,
1: please. Oh, oh, okay. A sex robot that measures your blood pressure. Hello. This is fantastic. No, it's not. It's this instead. Sex robot. 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 Sex robot.
7: Sex robot. Sex robot, sex robot. We wanna get
1: robot. Sex robot This is art. This is pure
5: art. Sex robot,
0: sex robot, sex robot, sex robot. Still fucking out there.
6: What does he want?
3: Did you call the police?
6: Yeah, like two hours ago.
1: Sex robot. robot. Sex robot. Sex robot. Uh, Hey there.
0: Robot. Sex robot.
5: Sex robot. We help you.
0: How did he get here? Sex robot. Sex robot. robot. How did you get here? sex Sex robot. And what does he want?
7: What do you want? He wants sex. sex. Uh, well that
1: is not happening, Buster.
7: He'll never stop. Yes, he will.
1: Even in jail.
0: Could we put him in another fucking cell, please?
7: Sex Robot, Sex Robot You hope the robot.
0: boss Oh sex
5: my robot. god
1: <laughs> sex robot, This is really sex dumb robot.
5: What are you? Sex robot. I sex wanna get down? Sex robot, sex robot. I told sex you robot, no Sexing up your
7: town sex, sex, oh. sex Robot, Sex Robot
1: Oh yeah no, no. Sex Robot, Sex Robot Sex Robot, Sex Robot
5: Sex Sex robot,
1: robot. sex robot. Sex robot, sex robot. 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 Finally. (laughs) Thank you for the donation, Henry.
5: Appreciate it. Okay, where were we? Skip ahead here. Back to the 16th century. Whoa, 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 whoa,
1: whoa, whoa, what are we missing? What are we missing now? Are they are they gonna say? You know, people talk about the sex robots being a new thing, but they actually date back to the 16th century.
5: (laughs) Yes, please. Come on. Come on, please. Androids for sex are derived from sex dolls whose history goes back to the 16th century.
1: (laughs) Sex robots through the ages. You know, the story, you've been told false history. If you're in America, you were told that the pilgrims, you know, came over on the Mayflower... Because they were fleeing religious and political persecution Back in Britain But that was wrong They actually got told that there's a bunch of fucking sex robots On the beach in the new lands In the new world They're like, get me on this ship Sex robot, sex robot (laughs) How do you think they made that voyage the whole way? They had sex robots on the ship Keep them busy it stopped, it's, it stopped them from raping the women, so, you know, it's a good thing.
5: <laughs> All the way back to the 16th century. When European sailors created their fellow travelers from cloth, leather, and old clothes. <laughs> Interestingly, the first modern doll was made allegedly by order of Hitler for soldiers...
1: Hey! And- Based Hitler! Based Hitler... <laughs> Sexy Hitler. Sexy sexual Adolf. Call me Adolf funny. <laughs> <laughs> he made a bunch of sex They all looked like Ava Braun. In 1940.
5: Uh. And in the 60s, dolls Antarctica 1 and Antarctica 2... 2- warmed scientist at the cold station Siva on the island of East Angle.
1: Ah, see, this is why we haven't solved climate change. You give the guys sex robots and that's all they're going to do. They're not going to do any work. They're not going to do any science, bro. Hey, Jim. Jim, shouldn't we be getting out there now and checking, you know, the migratory patterns of the penguins? Isn't that why we're here? Nah, it's too cold outside. It's too cold outside. I've got Harmony the sex bot here keeping me warm. Have you seen the weather? It's a fucking blizzard out there.
5: Wouldn't you rather
1: stay inside and have your sexy time with your sex robot? Isn't it great? Yes, yeah, good idea.
5: But since then, technology has made a giant leap forward. Oh, goody. Good. In 2010.
1: 2010- that is actually the insides of a regular female brain. That's what they all look like. That's actually, that's actually a human being right there. I know it is. I can see from this picture, like I'm no expert, but I can see already there's the nagging chip, right? And the nagging chip is wired into the uh, emotional blackmail processor. You know, that's that red wire going through there. <laughs> it's a real human brain. Like I said, I'm no expert, though. In
5: 2010, 2010- True Companion introduced the first realistic robot for sex. Very
1: realistic. <laughs> wow, what a catch. Look at her. Isn't she hot stuff? She kind of looks like uh, Kathy Lee. <laughs> Remember Regis's old uh, co-host What's, it Was a, It was a Kathy Lee Griffin? Grifford Gifford, Kathy Lee Gifford. Yeah, that's Kathy Lee Gifford. The first sex robot was made after Kathy Lee
5: Gifford. Oof, oof. Roxy, the robot, can support the conversation as an articulated skeleton with a flexible spine and can update and correspond with the owner, connecting to a computer via Bluetooth and getting access to the internet. And although many believe that
1: you remember in the old, remember in the early days of Bluetooth, how if somebody else had Bluetooth, then their shit would start playing on your speakers <laughs> wouldn't that be wouldn't that be awkward you know you're, <laughs> you're getting your, you're getting your sex robot to suck your dick and then all of a sudden it's all of a sudden it starts singing November Rain by Guns N' Roses
2: <laughs> oh, no.
1: somebody's hacked somebody's hacked my sex bot again damn Bluetooth. I told them I wanted a wired connection. This is unacceptable. (laughs) Good posture. Yeah, she's got to have back problems if she keeps sitting like this.
5: Robots are quite
1: ugly and primitive. (laughs) Minister of Fun came me with a diamond. Looks like men can't believe... It looks like the man who can't believe it's
5: not butter. (laughs) They have their own fan club have a fan club. Well, let's the most meet... advanced sex robot. Oh, no, no,
1: I want to meet the sex robot fan club because that's, you can tell that's going to be like a collection, isn't it? The, the, the men who are fans of sex robots. I, I need to meet these people. I need to see them with my own eyes. Let's see how one's built. Oh, look at this.
5: Attached to a high-tech housing that includes touch sensors, yeah. internal heating, and oh, self lubricating surfaces. F- peeling f- a. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's, your, there's your sexy companion, ladies and boys. Oh, look at that! <laughs> Keep the face off, honey! <laughs> I always wanted to have sex with a Terminator.
0: <laughs> that looks fantastic.
1: What a... what a sight! Well, sometimes you have to wash the cum off her face. You can't put her in the washing machine. This is going to be an unfortunate part of sex robot ownership, ladies and gentlemen. Sex robot maintenance. Clearing out all of the little crevices and little, you know, depositories of little, you know, dried fluids. Oh, God. That's... That's the that's the other side of sex robot ownership that they don't tell you about on the pamphlet. How are you going to keep it clean? <laughs> so you're going to have to rip her face off, you know, once a week and chuck it in the dishwasher. <laughs> don't worry, it's plastic. It's durable. It'll last. You know, you wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt you, though, to apply a little bit of machine oil to it to stop it from drying out. Because if it gets cracks in its face and stuff, it's... Uh... Then you may as well have sex with a real human.
5: The robot can talk to you, make jokes, and even recall facts from previous conversations. In
1: the (laughs) future, the the robot makes jokes.
5: (laughs) And and then I
1: told the guy that my cousin is a toaster. (laughs) Charlie, two sex robots walk into a bar. I've already heard this one. God, she's such a hack. (laughs) <laughs> My other sex robot is a
0: dildo. Ah.
1: Maybe we could replace Lily Singh with one. <laughs> Can't be any fucking words, can it? In
5: the future, the robot will have cameras in its eyes to recognize objects and recognize the customer.
1: Oh, that's not creepy. That's not weird. <laughs> They're going to start putting cameras in the eyes of the sex robots. And now, imagine in the in the future, politicians will be blackmailed with sex robots. They'll send the sex robot into the hotel where the senator's staying, and the cameras in the eyes will record him going to town on the sex robot's vagina. Next thing you know, it's going to be all over the internet. We'll be hacking into people's sex robots it be wonderful.
5: More sensors, speakers, and new facial expressions. Yeah. The cost of the robot's head is $10,000, and it can be controlled from a smartphone. According to the developers, Harmony is not just a chatbot, but a real learning artificial intelligence, which lives not in a robotic head, but in a smartphone. Even before buying the droid, the user can download the application and start creating his identity, which will then be downloaded. The bot has a new feature called X mode, which allows the application to connect to Harmony's touch inputs. This allows Harmony to define its movement and position in space. Additionally, programmers are working to add to Harmony's suddenness. So far, these are small, unexpected movements, but in the future, she must be able to keep fresh and new in her relationship with the owner. The last update of Harmony includes talks on the subject of COVID-19. (laughs)
1: Wait, it's going to start talking to me now about getting a vaccine. Billy, you should really be wearing your face mask.
5: (laughs) The robot will not play the expert, but it can support the conversation and try to calm down and support the owner.
1: Oh, my God. So they're going to start putting coronavirus propaganda into the fucking sex robot. Is nothing sacred anymore? CNN, MSNBC, Fox News—they're banning accounts on YouTube, Twitter. You're being Facebook. You're being bombarded with coronavirus stuff. You're being bombarded with coronavirus propaganda, and you think to yourself, "God damn it! I just want to escape from all this. I don't want to hear it anymore. I'm so sick of lockdown. I'll just spend a night cuddling up to my sex robot." And you know, after you do the deed, you're laying there. You're next to your sex robot. You're cuddling because she really likes that. You're cuddling after you've done the deed and the sex robot turns to you and goes, Hey, have you heard about Dr. Anthony Fauci's new face mask law? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It never ends. Never ends. Okay, one more item for you tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Let's do this. Because Phil sent this through on Wednesday. And apparently, this came, you know, from Phil, but from Victor von Schroom, ladies and gentlemen, who said this is the new anthem for uh, the cart patrols in the great kingdom of Boogie Stan, which Phil is obviously uh, the head of that department, the cart patrols, the cart death squads in Boogie Stan. So let's have a look here. Uh, Apparently, this is what the cart patrol want as their marching song. So let's have a look.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Dominic All the way from Tokyo, Japan, the Yoda Mr. Huh? takeo
1: Ishii. All right, let's go.
0: It was when I was out, was a walking. Someone took my lovely chicken from me. Run, my lovely chicken, run, my dear. Run, my lovely chicken, run away. they coming out when someone took my lovely chicken, chicken from me. Run, my lovely chicken, run, my dear. Run, my lovely chicken, run my away.
1: I can see see it. I can see the cart patrols because the cart patrols in Boogie Stan are going to be dressed. You know, we're going to break the mold when it comes to our authorities and their fashion. We're going to do something that's never been done before because I believe that, you know, authorities can command more authority when they look sharp, when they're sharply dressed. So what I'm proposing for the Boogie Stan cart patrols is uh firstly we're going to be dressing and we're going to be dressing you in all black i want to say all black uh perhaps probably black long black coats long black overcoats leather of course and then maybe a little black hat like a little black army hat with a little emblem on the front of it in silver perhaps but something like a skull or if not a skull then you know something similar and that's the way we're going to be dressing our cart patrol squads in the kingdom of Boogie Stem. So I can... And then, you know, we're not going to do regular marching. Regular marching has been done. I want to see a nice, proud march where the guys in the cart patrol kind of keep their legs straight and then kick them up as they're marching. You know, uh, I, need. To, we need to think of a name for it. I'm, maybe goose stepping is, a, is the right term. So our cart patrols will be dressed all in black long black overcoats, little hats with maybe like a little silver insignia on the front of it, like a skull or something like that. I'm open to ideas on that one. And then, you know, goose-stepping through the car park of the various supermarkets in Boogie Stand to enforce strict car park cart policy. And while they're doing that, I can absolutely see them singing this proud marching song. Absolutely.
0: Oh, my Jumping to the stove, she rose and landed Where she talked, the bottom where were roasted nice. Run, my lovely chicken, run, my dear Run, my lovely
2: chicken, run away
0: Sending to you, Alright right in Bigelook, Southern Bavaria, the Yo Meister the Bibi-Hendel. Got the dust to too down, I go shopping, so and we'll buy a brand new lovely chicken. Run, my lovely chicken, run, my dear. Run, my lovely chicken, run away.
1: I think it's perfect. Perfect. Well done. Well done. This is how we will win the cart war, ladies and gentlemen, through hearts and minds and a proud marching cart song to go along with it. Speaking of chickens, let's check in. It's been a couple of months. Let's check in with the cart narcs, ladies and gentlemen, and see what they're up to.
7: It's a uh, first for us, Narketeers. Oh, they're in Hawaii. To,
1: uh... They're in Hawaii. That's why they got all the chickens. right oh, cool. What's he doing in Hawaii? See, there's no vacation for the Cart Narks. You know, you, you thought to yourself, "Well, I'll just take a couple of weeks off. I'm going to go to Hawaii and go to the beach and stuff." But the Cart, the Cart Narketeering never stops. You never really switch off. It's like old Marine sw- sheepdog mentality, right? When you've been trained by the military or you've been, you've had some kind of, you know, uh, you know, personal defense training or whatever it is. Whenever you walk into a room, you're already looking for the exits. You're already planning. What if this all goes south, right? Same thing for the Kartnarks. They might be on holidays, but the brain is always ticking because their job is their life. And we're thankful to have them. International cartnuts when? Good question. machine uh, in Hawaii. Timura's market. Simple. Now, I know somebody who lives in Hawaii, James R. He's lived there for quite some time. Now, James is not a lazy person. James is the kind of guy who works like 12, 14 hours a day, seven days a week. He gets called in the middle of the night to go and work. He's a, he's a working man. He's not a lazy person. But based on some of the stories that I've heard, I'm going to assume that everybody else in Hawaii is. <laughs> Everybody else in Hawaii is a very lazy person. They they just want to go to the beach, you know, drink coconuts or something, eat spam, and just kind of not really do too much. There's always like high employment, uh, high unemployment in Hawaii. There's a lot of surfer island time bro mentality there. So everybody else in Hawaii is lazy. So I would imagine, like, when it comes to carts, we're talking about, like, this would be like a war zone over there. I assume. I assume. Because, like, in the car parks of Hawaii, it's it's hard enough getting people to return their carts in places that aren't very lazy. You know, you'll get people who aren't lazy refusing to return their carts because it's just something in them. We know what it is. It's uh, sociopathy. That's what it is. You know, they're very dangerous people. They're mentally ill. We've covered that, that clip on the show before, remember? On Dr Oz. We now have scientific evidence. We know people who don't return their carts are usually masking some well, you know, well-hidden personality flaw which can lead to them being violent and, you know, insulting. We're generally talking about the worst people in society. We know it's scientific fact. I'm sorry. Don't get angry at me. That's what the science says. You trust the scientists, right? So I imagine in Hawaii, with the with the added layer of laziness on top of all of that, I mean, it's got to be fucking hell out there. I don't envy this man. No frills. They got- I, I don't envy him, but I, I'm, I'm glad that he's there. He's doing the job that we couldn't do. He's doing the dirty jobs that need to be done.
7: They got cart returns, you know, just little pieces
1: of pipe. That's a that's a nice... That's like a little boutique cart return, isn't it? Look at this little they cart got, return. Here. They got cart returns. Look at that. You can only fit like four carts in there. <laughs> 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 so they, <laughs> You can only fit four carts in there. There's about 50 cars in the parking lot. So they assume that people aren't going to return their carts already. Otherwise, they would have built a bigger cart return. What happened there? See, this looks like Hawaii to me. Where they started building a cart return, and then they got like one panel, <laughs> they got one length of the steel into the ground, and they said, "Eh, that's enough. That's it. I'll do the rest later." <laughs> I gotta go for a. I've gotta go for a surf. <laughs> Carrier monkey, you nest them. It's a very intimate cart return, isn't it? You know, just little
7: pieces of pipe.
1: Uh, Good you know Good put
7: together and painted they got uh, some chickens over here i don't know if you're allowed to just take the chickens to eat i think they probably want to buy, want you to buy the chickens in, in the store itself but uh you know they got a lot, of, a lot of fun stuff going on there's a little kitty cat over here probably looking to uh, wait wait to see some of those chickens for himself and there's a, a guy sleeping over there under a tarp so <laughs> you know it's always interesting to see the local flavor of each each location we go to to card knock out here so if you're ever in town, gotta recommend tomorrow's market. Where we go for chicken. Oh
1: no! What do we got here? What do we got oh, here? Ah, oh, caught in the act, a curbing. Now, is there is there curb there though? It looks like it just goes straight to grass. Can you technically call it a curbing when there is no curb? I would say that's a grassing. I'm not the expert, though. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put words in his mouth. But this guy caught in the act. There you go. Can't deny that one, sir. We got you on film. Let's
3: have a look. Oh,
0: no. <laughs> oh, Oh,
7: oh. Oh. it's locked now, too, because it left the... Hey! Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Now's all the scraping going
1: on. Wait, is he going to yeah. give it to him? He's yeah, going to give they, it to when him.
7: they leave the area of the, of the uh, parking lot, there's a little sensor over there, and it trips the little...
1: Oh, oh Heath? F- <laughs> He thinks that the cartnark—he's giving the cart to the (laughs) cartnark. That's even worse than leaving it. (laughs) Imagine that—that's even worse than just leaving it and driving away. He's like, "Oh, sorry, man. Here you go. (laughs) No, I don't want—I don't want to take it back. I'm here to make sure you take it back." and see now he's got like he started off with both hands on the cart and now he's only got one hand on the cart and he's trying to like he's trying to very subtly leave it there <laughs> right? he's trying to walk away you know, like, yeah man that's cool man. anyway and he's trying to do that move where you slowly turn you know when you're in a conversation with somebody you don't want to be in it like a store or whatever and you start doing that move where you, where you go to walk out the door and they keep talking so, like over the over the span of the like the next preceding five minutes or whatever, you're just taking like one step towards the door every thirty seconds until you're until you're standing in the door, and even like the buzzer is going off, ding, dong, ding, dong. you know, whenever somebody walks into the store and it's just going constantly because they won't let you leave. That's what he's doing now. This fucking slimy piece of shit. <laughs> Here you go, bro. Here, take the cart. No, no, I don't want it. You're supposed to return it, yeah, the
7: Of the uh, parking lot, there's a little sensor over there and it trips him, the little him. locks. That's why it's all scrapey look, like one that. one hand That's on,
1: why he's got the foot on. Pro
7: tip, cart return is an ideal place to take back your carts. All right. I'll tell you what, I'll do right. over there for you because you did have to work, but I appreciate that, sir. Right.
1: Oh, no, don't let him off! They're going, they're going soft. They're going soft, the cart, knocks. You're not supposed to let him off the hook, man. Oh no, maybe he was just like this Samoan guy is just too big. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is just too big. I can't, I can't deal with it. This is actually disappointing. This, this is disappointing. He, he's, he's letting the guy off. You know what? I'll take it back for the rest of. I'll take it back the rest of the way. You did half the work. Since when is half the work good enough? We won't accept this in the boogie stand cart patrols, ladies and gentlemen. As we proudly sing our anthem, oh, my star, Mr. Takeo
2: Ishii. It was then I was out, was a walking, someone took my lovely chicken from me, run, my lovely chicken, run, my dear, run, my lovely chicken, run away. Yep.
1: Return that or we will shoot you where you stand, sir. (laughs) Very disappointing from Agent Sebastian. Very disappointing indeed. With that, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of tonight's podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to everybody who contributed tonight on Steam Labs, Steam Labs, Stream Labs, and thank you to everyone who contributed on Life. Let me open up that chest for y'all. I'll be back on Monday night with another edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to follow all of our friends I mentioned before, Irrational Times, Coffee Talk with Sandra, Everyone's Favourite Lover of French Women, Mersh, Joy of Pessy, Major Tom, Winning TV, Iceman 4433, JJ Stoner, Tip of the hat, Lois Ropez Wayday. Uh, did I mention the Sunday night show, Chamani, ladies and gentlemen? You got the Kimmy Show, the Washington of Kimmy Show, Winning TV on the Saturday night, Victor von Schroom, of course, the Victor Show, ladies and gentlemen, and anyone else I may have forgotten. So, until Monday night, stay calm, stay rational, God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye bye.